0: You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the
1: beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant. And today we are recording, pre-recording beautiful part with Kenyon robson and today our subject and our title is all about loving leadership styles and how each one of us has different gifts to bring each one of us has different fortes. Each one of us has different areas of expertise, talents, and skills. And so Kenyon, I'm so happy to have you back with me. This is so exciting. That I we get am to do so this.
0: excited. I <laughs> love doing this with Karen.
1: We have so much fun together. <laughs> we do. It is so fun. And we've been talking before we even started recording all, a lot about leadership. So let's, let's just jump right in and talk about there's personality types. There's different styles of leadership, and there's different people that you're going to feel drawn to that are going to be the one that you want for a mentor. Different people are going to be drawn to you that want you for their mentor. I would love to have you share about that.
0: Yes, absolutely. I love talking about this. Um, what an awesome topic! Just women and leadership. Women make extraordinary leaders. I think some of the very best in the world, and It's not when we try to um, model after other leaders in our life, you know, uh, when we think of leader, sadly, a lot of times people think of men, Um, but women make extraordinary leaders because of what we uh, naturally tend to bring to the table combined when we start polishing up. Um, some of the other traits that maybe don't come as natural to us—a little more courage, a little more confidence, a little more um, sharpening our irons—and then we bring in those natural gifts. And some of the best, most incredible leaders in the world um, are women. I'm sitting
1: next to one today. Um, <laughs> it's really true. I remember doing a study, a Google search, and finding you know the top some of the top women. Salespeople are are women. The top salespeople are women, and it's because of their empathy and their compassion. They can listen intuitively. And they can hear what's not being spoken. They can listen between the lines of what a person needs and what they're what they're wanting, and actually help to discern what a person's looking for. And Absolutely. I think that those those skills of natural nurturing and empathy and intuition are really important when you are a leader. I, I really
0: do, and I I I know that. All of us um, realizing and deciding to be leaders in our homes, in our communities, in our businesses can will transform the world. Um, women um, just bring so many things to the table, what you're talking about, just the intuition, the wisdom, the compassion, um, and then when we um, find out who we are as individuals and um And start to sharpen our irons. You know, I'm doing things today that 20 years ago, I never in a million years could have imagined. And that's only because I decided to start learning, start growing and start becoming the absolute best version of myself, because that's all we can really be is the best version of our own selves. And when we decide to be on a journey of figuring out what that is, what the absolute best version of yourself is then that's when we can go out and impact our homes, our businesses, our the world in tremendous ways that we never could have imagined. And it is such a beautiful
1: thing. It is such a beautiful thing. And I want to share because I think that that it's really important that we access our strengths and our weaknesses. And you were talking about developing courage and all these other fortuitous, like persevering qualities. And in my business as a joy coach, my role was nurture and empathy and listening to people's heartfelt rendering situations and, and being like a detective and, and putting things together and helping them to find the answers within themselves. But my forte was not marketing me. My forte, as a matter of fact, I was so compassionate that I didn't want to tread too harshly on anybody's toes to share with people what I do. And so I would kind of hold back. And then I remember the day that that I felt a very strong nudge that the Lord wanted me to put this natural gift on the back burner. And kind of like I was sharing with you playing piano, like when I took piano lessons I got in trouble from my piano teachers because my ear could hear the melody and I could play it. I didn't have to learn how to count. I just would play it by ear. And so my teacher got really mad at me. She was like, you are not learning the notes. You are just playing by ear. But my left hand did not have that gift. My left hand struggled. And then to even learn the notes, I'd have to count, you know, the staffs down. Like I have to go try hard to do left-handedness on the piano so consequently i just play a lot of chopsticks i played songs that only required my left hand hymns i was great all the right hands but don't ever ask me to put the left hand with it because i would botch it up and it would sound so choppy and sad and so there came a day Kenyon, when when i felt the lord saying you need to put these natural gifts of that just flow from you that the Empathy and the love, and you love people. And Kenyon, you are so much like that. I love you because it's so natural to love you. We are a lot alike. It's so natural to love you. You have all those gifts of beyond me compassion, empathy, kindness. But I wasn't so good in the boldness or the persevering or even projecting myself. And so I had to go practice. And I started listening to these life leadership audios where these men bold and they're strong. And I remember thinking, but I like soft. I like gentle. I like relaxation CDs. I like guided visualizations, like Terry Brady says. I like coloring books. <laughs> I like the, the peaceful, <laughs> relaxing. Yes. But then I would listen to Chris Brady and Rob Robson and, and Orrin Woodward and, and all these men being bold and strong. And it was like it woke something up. When I got past the initial, that's too, that's too strong. I I started to fall in love with it. And so I've been practicing my left hand. And now I think I'm getting ready to put left hand and right hand together to add some bold and some strength and some, some of these qualities that are left handed in my brain. I'm seeing it with my natural gifts of the right handed uh, skills. So everybody has gifts. You may be a natural nurturer. You may not be a natural nurturer. Mm -hmm. You may be a charismatic teacher, leader, presenter on stage. You may have to learn that. You may have to practice that. And Kenyon it's so fun. And I would love for every single one of you to be able to watch Kenyon on stage, to be in, in an audience with thousands of people with just beholding Kenyon, because she's, you have got the humor you tell it like it is you've got the emotional honesty you've got the gift of, of compassion and empathy all rolled into one to make to have the makings of a presenter that everybody falls in love with you are so Aww. good at all of that it's Thanks, beautiful Karen. left hand and right hand together
0: yes and we're taught I think the danger is it's really important to know our gifts I think being self-aware enough to know our gifts and what we bring to the table specifically that other people have don't bring to the table what makes us ourselves is so important. But the danger is when we lean only on that. I have the same experience as a dancer. I only wanted to do the right side leaps because my left side were not half as good as my right side. Um, and so we, as as humans, we tend to want to lean just on our gifts. It's important to know of our gifts, but then we have to start working on that left hand to become a, a more well-rounded leader, especially as a woman. We we need some of that vision. We need some of that toughness and confidence and poise and posture um, that we see in some of the male leaders. And um, when we're willing, you know, speaking all these things that I did not see as strengths and I was not wanting to do, and I was so mad mentors and my husband to, for, (laughs) um, wanting me to do those things. And, um, they've, they've become some of my very favorite things. The left hand I think is maybe the motto of this podcast of what can we grow in? Um, being aware of our strengths is wonderful, but where can we grow as a leader in impacting, um, our environment and our our businesses? How can we grow and become more well-rounded in our leadership?
1: I love that. I love the humility it takes to be willing to do some honest emotional assessment instead of running and hiding instead of going into denial, instead of acting out of insecurity and getting defensive. It's really nice to be able, you shared a story with a man who, who gave you pointers after you had just spoken. And, and I sure did. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I, I couldn't believe he did that, but you handled it so gracefully. And I think that as we are willing to say, okay, Lord, Show me my weakness and make it a strength and show me what you want me to do. Show me my strength. I think that was one of the most
0: important questions that I ever had to answer when that, when that man critiqued me was realizing or asking myself and coming to the realization, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to want the chocolate chip cookie that you have to offer. And are you going to be okay with that? Because right now is the time to answer that. Are you going to continue to go out there and lead, realizing that not everybody wants your kind of cookie? And after some crying and some fits and some feeling horrible about myself and fear, I decided, yes, I was willing.
1: And I love that. We're going to be right back after this station break. Kenyon, this is so much fun with you. We need to do a whole series because I think that we're touching on honest feelings that a lot of people have. We're Joy Coach in America. This is Karen Green Grant interviewing Kenyon Robson.
0: From sea to shining sea and beyond, you're listening
1: to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and joy coach, Karen Lynn Grant. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant interviewing Kenyon Robson of Life Platform, one of the owners of Life Platform. This is such an exciting subject because as we move into uh, being willing to, to look at our strengths and celebrate those strengths, celebrate each other's strengths, edify each other, and then help each other to assess even those things that we might call an underdeveloped strength at present or a, you know, we don't even want to call it a weakness. But then as we discuss that, I want to talk to you, Kenyon, about the gift of rejection. I read a little book. It was just a little book called The Gift of Rejection. And that book was such a blessing because when you have a tender heart, it's, mm-hmm. you, rejection feels like such a piercing blow. Yes. But then there was a quote in that book that said something like this. Thank the person who rejects you, who gets up honestly and steps out of your heart and leaves an empty chair for the person that is meant to sit in it to step in. Love that. Isn't that sweet? Love it. So we can thank all the people that have been honest enough to not occupy space that they really didn't feel good about occupying but they just didn't want to hurt our feelings yes and and get up and and go on with your purpose calling and mission go on with the passion of your life and leave that empty chair so that we can rejoice with the person who's meant to sit there
0: i love it who's meant to sit there this woman is amazing oh how i love this topic rejection all of the times that helped me define who I was the most, all of the times that my courage grew and my confidence grew came after hard, hard, painful rejections. I We all have those times growing up. I remember not making cheer as a sophomore. And, you know, at that time, it was my whole life as, as a 14, 15 year old girl and I just remember, I mean, I genuinely thought my life was over. I cried for days. I wanted to switch schools. And what happened? I came back fighting harder the next year. When this time happened, this, this man, after I got off stage and, and, and understand that I was extremely vulnerable back in those first years speaking, it was absolutely terrifying to me. And because I have a tendency to put my whole heart out there, I couldn't help. But do that when I was on stage, although there was this, I mean, overpowering, debilitating fear to be up there in front of people. And so for this man to do that, um, it wrecked me. And I, um, you know, and I think also going to some history of, you know, starting 13 new schools growing up, I learned to be very pleasing, as do a lot of us women. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be liked. I didn't want to stick my head above the cloud. I didn't want an egg thrown at my face. I just wanted to be liked and pleasing because that's how I survived starting 13 new schools. And so it was extra against my comfort zone to just open myself right up with a big cardboard sign that said here I am, like me or not. It was it was so out of my comfort zone and so for someone to come up right after when I felt extremely vulnerable and was always questioning what a horrible job I probably did up there and what a fool I sounded like. And for him to um, pretty much say I was right and and sounded a fool. um, It's hard to believe that someone would do that, you guys. But when you start putting yourself out there, they are out there. People that want (laughs) the Internet trolls are in your audiences. Mm -hmm. And I was angry I was crushed, I was hurt, I was humiliated, and I never wanted to be up on that stage again and I told Rob, "Don't, I am never doing it again." And it was a couple weeks of healing, licking my wounds, praying, feeling angry, wanting to punch him in the face, to crying, all of this. And some of you may not even be this way. Good, that is awesome. The point of this is how to come back from rejection, whatever that rejection is for you. And I deserved every ounce of what I went through for those two weeks because how dare I think that I was going to get up there and win the hearts of every person in the audience, every person I was going to be pleasing to them and say just what they needed to hear. How arrogant that pain was. It it came from a place, honestly, of arrogance. It wasn't what I thought it was. I thought it was insecurity. I thought it was low self-esteem. And I'm sure there were parts of that. But really, it's arrogant to think, that I'm everyone is going to love what I have to offer. Whatever it is that I'm, quote, selling, to think that everyone's going to like it is just arrogant. And I was able to humble myself. And once again, I found out my character. I found out that I was willing to humble myself, get it together, and say, are you going to be willing? Are you going to be willing to get up knowing not everyone's going to want my cookie? Not everybody's going to want what I'm selling. Not everybody's going to like what I have to say. And am I willing to do it anyway for maybe the few that needed what I had to offer for the few that liked what I had to offer. And I was, I decided I was ready to come back swinging and stronger than ever and realize and, and hunt more humble than ever is the key there. And that I was okay with that. And I was going to continue to offer what heavenly father had asked me to continue to offer, knowing that everyone wasn't going to want it
1: or like it. And yet Kenyon, you are one of the most celebrated women speakers in the life platform. And I know that all I ever hear is, yay, Kenyon speaking. And everybody loves to hear you, Kenyon. You're beautiful. And as you share this, as you so honestly share this, I hope that anybody who's listening, who has ever met rejection, square, face-to-face, that you will take courage from the things that Kenyon's just shared, because it does take a resilient spirit. The the gift of rejection, the the counterpart, the companion to rejection is resiliency. And Mm -hmm. to be able to come back and to be able to stand back up and get back out there on that stage was huge for you. And I can totally see it. And, And, you know, not all of our critics are so are so direct. I remember in the fourth grade, all I wanted to do was play the cello. And I wanted to play the biggest musical instrument in the school orchestra, but they said you're too little to play the bass. So we'll let you play the cello. But then the cello was too heavy and awkward to carry school books home because mm-hmm. we had no backpacks in my day. Mm-hmm. And so I I couldn't log this cello back and forth that consequently I didn't practice. And then it came time for the Christmas program and the opening number was Good King Wincelessless. Well I thought I'm the only cello in the orchestra and nobody can hear me. So I just (laughs) smiled and put my fingers all over those all over those cello strings and but bebopped that bow all over the place and just played because I thought the trumpets are gonna drown me out. Everything else is gonna drown (laughs) me out. I'm only one I'm only one and nobody can hear me. And I just was Felt, I felt so awesome because I that had that played terrible. that cello. Of course, every note I could hear was squeaking, squawking, and off key, but the audience couldn't, couldn't hear that. <laughs> but afterwards, you heard the touch of the master's hand, and the, the, the man from the, the gray-haired man comes forward and picks up the bow and plays the melody, pure and sweet. The touch of the master's hand. Well, this gray-haired man came up and he said, "Young lady, <laughs> I heard every note you played." And I thought, what a gracious way to tell me <laughs> that I was a damn fool. And I just, and so some of your critics aren't going to be so harsh, but they will be your mentors and they uh-huh. will be the ones that you will go and practice for next time because that man made me realize that I would never get up there and just fake my way through it because somebody was listening, somebody was watching me, mm-hmm. and somebody was paying attention. So as we, as we mentor ourselves, mm-hmm. as we assess our weaknesses, I know the beauty that God, as we take those weaknesses or those, those, those underdeveloped strengths yet, when we take them to the Lord and we say, Lord, can you help me to practice my left hand? I don't Mm -hmm. feel so bold. I don't feel so courageous. I don't feel so determined. Um, Help me. I know that the Lord can help us to succeed. And I know that that gift of rejection is a beautiful gift that can truly assist. We are closing up this segment. I'm so excited to talk to that. Remember the gift of rejection. If you meet it with the gift of resiliency, Mm -hmm. you're going to come back better. Stronger, bolder, and more beautiful than ever before. Yes, Kenyon, do you have any remark to say? Yes, I and and more.
0: Most importantly, it's you'll be willing. You'll be saying yes for for me in those times. It's I'll do what you ask me to do, Lord. So I'm not going to stop doing what the Lord wants me to do because of someone who didn't like what I had to offer. Because that's I have my own purpose. We all have our own purpose, and so. Are you willing to do what the Lord asks when it's hard and when you're rejected?
1: Beautiful. We'll be right back in just a minute. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy,
1: and peace. One happy listener at a time. We're back. Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant interviewing the beautiful Kenyon Robson. And as we move on through this really exciting topic of leadership styles, Kenyon, I would love for you to share with us the four personality types that are in Personality Plus, and and I love that book because it talks about strengths and weaknesses. That that there are strengths and weaknesses for all four, and so you can be excited and celebrate all your strengths. But I think we can develop. I think we can we can add on.
0: Yes, I love it. I love. Um, I remember dating my husband, and we read this book, Personality Plus, and man. It is such a, I mean, and there's several different books and different personality tests. I'm sure you've taken some in the past, but um, what a cool thing to learn to understand different personalities, whether it's in your marriage or for your children. I just remember how groundbreaking it was for me um, to understand the different personality types and why and how different people tick. And, you know, at first I, I used it for, well, this is the way I am well, don't you know, I'm this personality. So this is the way I am kind of excusing my, my weaknesses or tendencies away. And I was missing out on, um, on the beauty of what it really is for understanding ourselves is super super important but it's understanding where we are weak that we can grow in but also understanding why other people are doing what they're doing um it really helps um, if in business building or again just even in your family um this particular book breaks down four personality types um the first one is uh, yellow is what other books may call it. It's called sanguine. And um a sanguine is uh like Karen was just saying, um Karen is all sanguine. And so sanguines are fun. They want to be around the fun. They um love being the center of attention. They typically aren't super detail oriented. Karen has well rounded all of these themes. So she's amazing at all of it. But um, center of attention, um and there's, you know, strengths and weaknesses of each personality, but I'm just kind of going through the basics for you. I really um, encourage you to go and read and study the personality types from this book, Personality Plus. Um, so sanguine, um, and then we've got melancholy, which is your super detail-oriented, um, good listener. Uh, let's see what, else? sometimes a little bit moody, uh, but mostly when we think of a melancholy, we think of the detail-oriented personality. Uh, then we've got choleric, which is decision makers, leaders, they want to make quick decisions, they are known to sometimes step on people's toes, they have great vision, people want to follow them. Um, Sometimes a negative, they can come off a little arrogant or harsh. Uh, Then we have um, phlegmatic, which are uh, make great friends, very easygoing, um, great listeners. Um, You know, there's strengths and weaknesses in each personality. And so, you know, typically you'll have a primary and a secondary uh, personality type and it can just really help. I know for me, you know, within five minutes of meeting someone, I can kind of put them in. Uh, that category, obviously you want to be careful with categories because there's so much more to a person, so many layers, but it just helps to kind of understand how someone ticks when you can say, oh, I get it. They're a sanguine. They're a melancholy. They're a choleric." Uh, They're a phlegmatic. And, and the goal is to really become, you know, especially in a people centered business where you're wanting to be as relatable to the masses as relatable to as many different kinds of people as you possibly can. The goal is to become as well-rounded as possible, but it is so fascinating to understand your primary personality and your secondary personality so that you have a starting point of your genius of your strengths and then knowing, okay, you know, for me, I am pretty decently well-rounded until it comes to the melancholy. And then I have like zero points, which is the detail. And, you know, it is hard to run a business when you have zero detail um, in your personality whatsoever. Um, And so I really have to uh, work on that, you know, especially uh, being married to someone who also has zero melancholy, yikes. Um, my pendulum has definitely come closer to melancholy to for survival purposes of the Robson family home, I have had to learn how to master some of that detail, which has been excellent for me. But um, so that's the one that I have to work on the most. Um, and so it's been um, So amazing. A great starting point of realizing your strengths and weaknesses and understanding where you need to grow and what your strengths are. And then also understanding other people um, in your business, in your home, uh, their strengths and weaknesses. And it's become so fascinating to meet people and almost become um, an expert in, oh, I know exactly what that personality type is. And um, it's just super fun to be able
1: to do that. It is so fun. I remember uh, giving that book to a client to read years ago, and she went home and she read it and she called me back. She said, I'm so thankful for this book because I thought my husband was just trying to drive me crazy. Yes. And I realized that <laughs> he's just a different personality type than I am. And so once we understand, like you're saying, once you understand that you might have a best friend that has some personality traits that are... Sanguine. I love to have fun. If it's fun, I want to do it. And fun (laughs) for me can be cleaning the kitchen and vacuuming. Cleaning my house is really fun for me. Dell and I, we put on music, we do it together. That's fun. And not everybody thinks that that's fun, but you can turn anything into fun when you're sanguine. Yeah, exactly. Anything (laughs) can become fun. And so it's so fun to look at all of these different types. And see that you might have some of all of the strengths in you, that you might have 20% of this, you might have some of that. And it's really awesome to be able to give yourself credit, give yourself some uh, kudos for all the things you're doing right, and then use that as uh, an, an assessment to what you can maybe be practicing to do better in. I know that I'm really working on a lot of things in my own personal life. And it's just fun when you are developing leadership skills. It's really that quality of humility and being willing to look at yourself and take the feedback of others and uh, listen, listen a lot to what people are telling you because your, your clients will become your greatest coaches. If you will listen to what they're saying. Yes. You hit it on the head, listening. Um,
0: Oh, and I also wanted to shout out just in case you want to look up this book and you want to read it. It's by Florence Littauer. So personality plus how to understand others by understanding yourself. Um, man, how many people understand themselves? Um, it is uh, to be around someone who uh, understands themselves. And I, I really think it's uh, one of the starting points to becoming a great leader, being really self-aware. Uh, we all have blind spots, yikes, um, but to become more self aware and understand um not to beat ourselves over the head. I know we've talked about that before. None of the purpose of any of this is not to use it to beat ourselves up. It's just to have a greater awareness of ourselves. and, and um there comes a great sense of humility and confidence when you understand that we're just on this journey to become our best and. It's okay for to understand our weaknesses. It's okay to look in the mirror and say with a sense of humor, yikes, I could really work on that. It's okay and to create an environment for others around you to know it's okay. We're all on this journey, you know, when, with all the social media now and everyone putting their their best photograph um for everyone to see, there's beauty in that looking at at people's best photographs, but sometimes it hinders it hinders us and feeling comfortable and open to be honestly aware of ourselves. And there is no change until we are aware of ourselves. There is no, a starting point for change unless we can with love and a sense of humor, know our starting point. And then we're all in this together. We're just becoming better. It's fun. It's intoxicating.
1: It is a journey and it is contagious. And I think, that you know, one of the people that I love that does this so well is Chris Brady.
0: Oh yes, and, <laughs> and he, with a sense of humor, and
1: when he when he shares authentically, uh, and he just laughs at himself, and we all laugh with him, I think that that is really a beautifully darling quality to be able to laugh with yourself at yourself, take yourself lightly. Yes. We're we're all progressing, we're all growing, yes. and I want to when we come back. I want to talk about some of our leadership roles as women and how, as we cultivate these four personality types and maybe pick out some things that we want to work on, maybe become a little more fun in our marriage on date night, you know, and not be so melancholy on date night, but it would just, (laughs) I want to talk about that because we all carry so many roles, our divine roles, we wear so many hats and some roles require different aspects of our personality so when we come back we'll discuss more about how we can be a little more sanguine in this and a little more melancholy in that we'll be right back
0: Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time.
1: Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Carolyn Grant, and I'm interviewing Kenyon Robson today. We're having a fantastic discussion here on leadership and personalities and personality strengths and being aware of our of our underdeveloped personality strengths. I don't even want to call them a fault a flaw or folly. We are just so excited that we get to progress and that we are sent to this earth to become the very best version of ourselves. So there's no reason to be discouraged or to get depressed. We're all in this together holding hands and becoming better mothers, better wives, better daughters, better sisters, better best friends, better entrepreneurs, better leaders. And so I asked Kenyon over the break, I said, do you have, I would love for you to share with us a little bit about your, your mothering, your divine role of mother and how you relate to, you have five children. Yes. And I would love for you to just say with this one, this is what this one needs. But this one, this is the personality trait that works the best with that one. We all have different people, different strokes for different folks. For me, with Dell, Dell is Dell is one of the most my husband is one of the most kind, stable, gentle, integral, honest men. And then I want to have fun. And I say, <laughs> yeah. he says, honey, but I'm honest and I'm integral and I'm faithful and I'm loving and I'm like but I want to have fun. Yes. I want to have fun. And so in our marriage we're working on more fun. And that we don't just, you know, when you're doing the dishes together, you don't just pass each other without a word. No, you stop and you dance and you do a little twirl. I want to turn Del on do the this. music. <laughs> and you turn on the music and you make it fun. And so, you know, helping Dell to be a little more sanguine and he helps me to be a little more what would you say, Dallas? Grounded?
0: Or... He's very
1: grounded. Very I mean, all grounded. the fi- words you said are are, are perfect. He's very grounded. Is that phlegmatic? Seems seems
0: like quite a bit of phlegmatic. He's got a lot of that. A in lot me. of phlegmatic. And a lot of strong women are attracted to phlegmatic men. And then just they get married and they grand. start going crazy. Because <laughs> they want more fun. It's yes. a very common. We just
1: need to throw in a little dance step. Yes. yeah it'll yes. be fun. So, yes. Kenyon, tell us about how you relate with your five children.
0: Oh, this is just way too much fun. Um, okay. So I have a little story. So one of my sons is very melancholy, my sweet, sweet Tice. He's 10 years old and, um, I, um, a lot, (laughs) I like to dance. I'm a little obnoxious. Um, I, I love music. I love to sing. I I'm, I'm just a little obnoxious for his liking and he's young. And at that stage where he gets very embarrassed, And I am immature in the way that the sanguine in me, like, if I sense embarrassment, then I kind of want to tease and pester even a little more. And, um, and so he, he is melancholy cleric. So he does not like to, um, not be taken seriously. He does not like to feel in any way, shape or form that someone might be laughing at him, um. I mean, it traumatizes him deeply. And part of that is he'll have to learn to lighten up a little and learn to laugh at himself. And we help him with that and teach him. Mm -hmm. We really help him with that Mm -hmm. and try to talk him through those things. But one day I was just, you know, being super obnoxious, dancing, shaking around and teasing him, dancing for him, um, just having way too much fun, um, entertaining myself. And he got (laughs) so upset and he cried and he screamed and he ran to his room saying why can't you just be more normal like a normal mom (laughs) and you have to understand he has an absolute heart of gold and so i went in there and i kind of teasing i know a little immature you guys at times but i just said "Tice, that kind of hurts my feelings how boring. You just want a normal, boring mom that never twerks, that never dances, that never does any of these obnoxious things. And he said, yes. And I said, well, it kind of makes me feel like you're not loving me for who I am. Like, I really love you for who you are, but I'm not sure you really let me be who I am. And part of me was being serious, but also part of me was teasing because I know that he has a heart of gold and really cares deeply. And so he took it very seriously that I felt like, he wasn't loving me for who I am. And so the next day was just absolutely hysterical. Rob and I could hardly contain ourselves because he was just fake laughing. He was trying his very best with his absolute heart of gold. He did not think things were funny, but he did not want me to feel, he's very serious. And he did not want me to feel that I, that he thought he did not want me to feel unloved by him and not accepted. And so he would do these kind of little fake laughs and, just giving his whole heart to trying to accept me (laughs) for who I am. And that's kind of a funny story, but, but each child really, you know, needs something different from us. And I am learning how to yes, joke and yes, be lighthearted, but also how to meet them where they are in their personality and grow a bond. You know, my son Jackson and I have funny voices that we do and we're, We're able to be super obnoxious together and have all these inside things. It'll probably drive his future wife absolutely bonkers. And then my other melancholy cleric kids, just having great conversation, being a little better at planning. One of my sons loves a good meal. I'm very spontaneous, so I don't always have planned elaborate meals. It's sometimes six before I'm realizing, oh, shoot, it's dinner. And that happens day after day after day but I've really improved on understanding that really is kind of a love language for him, that, that meal. And so I take that more seriously with him and um, I have quality time children. And, you know, these are combining love languages with personality Mm -hmm. um, types, which are two books that are just life changing to understand not only someone's personality types, but their love languages. And as you grow businesses, whatever it is, and in your homes, You will see these things and you will be able to um, to meet people where they're at and and plan better or do better. And if you care enough about a person, your spouse, you know, especially and then your children. um, I lucked out because my husband has very similar personality type than me. Now, that led to a lot of butting heads in the first years of our marriage because we both have very strong personalities. Um, We don't miss fun because we're both cleric sanguine. And so we have a ton of fun, but there was a lot of conflict in learning how and where each person should be in charge, because we both had strong, very strong personalities. And so it's just such, such a phenomenal thing to master of, of, again, understanding yourself and then understanding the people that you love the most. These are not, these are not, passages to make excuses for yourself. It's passages to do better and be better for the people that we love. I love
1: that. I, I love that with every relationship, those are such great stories. And with every relationship, there is a dynamic. There There is is a dynamic. I remember being in psychology in college and the teacher explaining that you have this person and you add this person to that equation and the sum total of the two creates a triad or a synergy that is like a third. It's a third. Yeah. And so when you and I get together, we create a third personality that is that as the more time we spend, that becomes us, that becomes the dynamic in our relationship and our friendship. And that's the same in your marriages that as you interact with your husband, that, you create, you bring your personality. So you want to bring your best. You want him to bring his best. Or if you're a guy and you're listening to this, you want to bring your best and encourage her. Let's both bring our best because the sum total of our best or our worst is going to create that dynamic, that synergy, that triad. Yeah. And then we're, we're going to live with that. With that, It's almost like creating a child. It's like there's that whole personality. So and true. I love it, and I sometimes like when I first married Dell. His daughters are gigglers. He's got six daughters, and he would get. I wanted to giggle with Dell. I'm a giggler. I love to uh-huh. laugh. And then, but we were. It was more sober for some reason than the beginning of our marriage. But he'd get on the phone with those girls, with his daughters, and they and he would. They would be laughing at nothing, and she would be laughing, and he would be laughing. I would go he'd get off the phone and say, I want to laugh with you. Uh I want to laugh. I need to laugh. I love to laugh. And so, uh, that's when we started saying, okay, we need to create Dell. Let's work on creating this dynamic where when people see us, they don't go, well, that's the sober couple. That's the somber group, because you can also bring out more soberness in the other person, it's, it's if you're so sober, you can bring out more somberness in the other yes. person. And yes. so define what you want to create. Yeah. Go to the person. This is creating leadership in your marriage or yeah. leadership with a child. You talked about the child that you have funny voices with, <laughs> Ashley and I have a Katie and a Susie voice, and we've been doing Katie and Susie. <laughs> I'm not going to demonstrate for you, <laughs> but we we do Katie and Susie voices, I and then think you should. each. Each child it's, I relate so differently and I could tell you this one's more sanguine and this one's more melancholy, this one's more phlegmatic. and I had, I had your ties. I had a son like that and I would be dancing at stoplights. When the lights were red, I the music's on and I am dancing and the people in the cars next to me, I could care less what yes. they're thinking. But he says, mom, everybody's watching you. I'm like, so I'm never going to see him again. Does it really matter? Right. Like They're just seeing some happy lady driving down the street. So create the dynamic that you want. Yeah. Get personality plus go through those strengths yes. and ascertain, I want to be a little more fun. I want to be a little more organized. Yes. I want to be a little more detailed. I want dinner on time because that person loves it. Dell loves dinner on time. I start and I make dinner on time. Sometimes it's the same dinner. Sometimes it's Costco lasagna, but there yeah. is dinner on time yeah. and he loves it. It makes him feel loved. Yes. So Kenyon, this is so much fun. And we're in our fourth segment. And so we're going to have to come back and do part four, and I want you to wind it up with something wonderful to share with the world about honoring our divine roles and honoring who we are, and letting people learn to honor and love. You sure to- that he needs to honor his mother's fun, happy, dancing personality? Yes, he sure does. I what
0: I love the most. We're wrapping up is just how this takes away the personalization of the rejection. This is just a journey. We all have um, these natural personalities and we're just growing. And it totally takes the personalization out of the whole journey. It's just so much fun.
1: That's delightful. I love it. This is Joy Coaching America. We'll be back next week with more.